0: is Get the Balance Right, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are totally stressed out over money and managing their busy lives. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, profit advisor and money coach. I help my clients run more profitable businesses. I take the mystery and confusion out of their numbers so they can reach their financial goals. Join us for a holistic approach that supports a healthy lifestyle while obtaining financial freedom. Stop freaking out. It's time to get the balance right. Hello, friends, and welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitz-Wolf. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're an entrepreneur. As such, you are responsible for your business. After all, it's your baby, right? Imagine if something were to happen to you, like you contracted a major illness, or an unexpected family emergency came up, or even worse, you died. I know this is hard to think about, but do you have a plan in place for your business to operate without you? Would your business be able to serve your clients without your presence? Would someone be responsible for taking care of the operational side, such as making sure payroll was run, vendors and contractors were paid, and that your clients were notified of your status? This is not the sexy side of business, but the harsh truth is, this is something you should be thinking about if you haven't formally put a plan in place. Here's the nitty-gritty. In your absence, someone will need to pick up the pieces. But who? Your kids? Your spouse? Maybe you can't even fathom who this would be. This is something we need to be thinking about. Being prepared for the unknown is our topic for this episode. We are joined by Mary Beth Simone from Niche Partnership Consulting to discuss this important topic. Mary Beth is a seasoned keynote speaker and a contingency plan expert. Her company provides personal and business contingency planning along with strategy and project management. Mary Beth and I met through Speaking Your Brand's Thought Leadership Academy. I've been following Mary Beth ever since. She has this very calming approach, but it's packed with a punch. If you ever get a chance to hear Mary Beth give a speech, then you'll fully understand what I mean. I love following her on social media because before one of her events, she creates a promotional video where she busts out her glittery pom-poms and shakes them for the camera. And yes, I'm talking about actual pom-poms. She's a woman full of surprises, which seems ideal that she is an expert in the realm of the unexpected. Our topic today may seem a bit on the doom and gloom side, but it's really more of a reality check. Let's face the facts. Unless we possess some sort of kick-ass psychic ability, we really have no idea what tomorrow might bring. No matter how hard we try to control and predict the future, we still face the unknowns that life can bring. Living in a pandemic during global warming certainly makes matters even more unpredictable. We live in tumultuous times with the ever-changing COVID situation, which not only affects our health, or our loved ones, but can be the catalyst of other life-altering events. Plus, with our environment, we can fall victim to extreme weather conditions that can uproot our lives in a matter of seconds, caused by massive hurricanes, fast-spreading wildfires, tornadoes, flash flooding, sinkholes, earthquakes, and tsunamis. Sometimes it feels like we are living in the end of days. The fact is, we should be prepared and have a contingency plan in place for both our business and personal affairs. Achieving this level of preparedness may seem daunting, but luckily, we have Mary Beth to break it down for us. You'll probably want to take some notes, so get something that you can jot stuff down on. Also, she has provided a free kit, which you can access through the show notes. All right. Here is my important and educational discussion with a lovely and classy Mary Beth Simone. Mary Beth Simone, welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. Thank you, Heather. It's so great to be here with you. I am super excited about this topic because this is a really important thing that we're going to talk about contingency plans. But before we dive into the topic, can you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself? Sure.
1: I worked in corporate financial services for a little over 30 years, and I retired in the end of 2018, and I started a consulting practice where I primarily coach individuals and entrepreneurs how to create their contingency plans so that their most trusted person is prepared to step in in an emergency.
0: This is such an important thing. Before we dive into that, I want to ask you about on your website, it says keynote speaker. Can you tell a little bit about that? I use public
1: speaking as my main marketing tool for my business. I speak at conferences. Obviously, I do podcast interviews. I host my own
0: events and I speak at organizations, Nice. And as far as your offering goes, is this a one-on-one type consulting? Do you do group consulting? How does that work? I do both. I run group programs for the
1: initial part of contingency planning. So I always encourage business owners to first create their personal contingency plan for their personal life and then for their business and then a business continuance playbook. But when I work with business owners or individuals, they all need the contingency plan for their personal life. So I run a group program for that because we can do that in a group setting in a more generic fashion. When we get into working just with creating business contingency plans, there's a lot of custom work. So that's done
0: one-on-one, but I offer both. On your website, it also mentions that you do project management. So is that for in case of emergency or do you help people set up their processes? Tell us about that offering.
1: When I was in corporate, I was a project and program manager. So I ran projects at the business, divisional, and then programs at the enterprise level. I have extensive experience with that. So now I use that primarily to help small business owners with projects. Often it is strategic planning initiatives where they're trying to come up with a three to five year plan.
0: Oh, okay. So it all kind of ties in together. Yeah. Wonderful. Let's dive into this topic. So for people that aren't really aware, what is a contingency plan? How would you describe that? A contingency plan
1: is really a methodology that you put in place where we bring together all of the information about how you run your life or how you run your business. So the financial, all of the legal aspects, everything that is essential documentation from your birth certificate to your marriage certificate, all of that kind of stuff, all of your legal documents and put it together in a binder. So I help my clients create a physical document storage of all of this important information. Once we have all of that together, then I recommend that they review it with their second-in-command. Sometimes we have to spend some time trying to figure out who is the best person to be the second-in-command, but it's important that they not only put the information together, but that they review it with someone who they are asking to implement the plan in case they experience an emergency. Then that gets stored in a fireproof safe, and then they review it annually, make updates and review it with the person who needs to implement it.
0: This past year or so with COVID, it has proven that having a plan, a contingency plan is really super important. I work with my clients as far as their finances go and tell them you have to have emergency backup for personal life, for your business. You want to be able to cover expenses for a contingency plan. People might think, oh, if there was a death or maybe someone got injured in an accident or something like that. But what are some of the reasons why people would need a contingency plan?
1: We need a contingency plan if there is ever a potential instance where we will be unavailable temporarily or longer term. So we can't really predict when that will happen. And it's nearly impossible to put a plan in place when that happens in the middle of that emergency. I like to think of we have family in Europe, And may need to be there unexpectedly, you know, like a last minute trip, that kind of thing. We might need some assistance at home managing our finances. My husband and I both have businesses, so it would be helpful to have something where someone could come in. They've already been trained on how to implement this stuff and just keep things moving so that when we get back, things aren't a wreck, you know, or if there is an illness. So during covid was when I realized that I needed to be prepared for both my husband and myself to be out of commission simultaneously. I hadn't been thinking about that previously, but that's when I realized if one of us got sick, it was likely that both of us would get sick at the same time. Those are some instances, just like a temporary illness, a longer term need. We really can't predict when that would be
0: needed. It's almost like having some sort of insurance for your business, because especially if you work with clients, like I have very sensitive information that I have for my clients. So my next question is, who do you trust with your contingency plan? Because if something happens to you and you can't be there now, it's up to this other person to step in. Who? who do we trust for this?
1: Yeah, so this is a big topic of conversation with my clients. Sometimes people have an automatic response or thought that it should be an individual. They might think, oh, it should be my spouse or it should be my adult child. But what we really need to do is evaluate if we can trust them hundred percent with all of our financial information, really the keys to everything that we own and everything that we can do. If they accept our mortality and they can really go through and have that conversation with us about when something goes wrong. If they're going to become a puddle of tears, just having the conversation, then they don't really have the personality to be the second in command. And they need to be really talented at doing difficult things. So just imagine something has happened to you and someone needs to step in. Are they going to be able to manage that? maybe emotional stress of, oh, something's wrong with Heather, something's not going well, and I need to help her with her business and her life. And then they need to really be good with paperwork, process, technology, all of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that sounds difficult. Now, are there, I'm just spitballing now, are there companies out there that will take over As far as like for a contingency plan, can you hire somebody to do this for you? It is difficult to
1: find someone to hire to do it for you. Ideally, I suggest that it's someone who would be along the lines of your power of attorney that kind of person who you would trust. Some people like to divide up the responsibilities. So maybe they would have one person for their personal life and another person for their business. Sometimes you have an accountant or a bookkeeper who you trust and have a really great and close relationship with. Maybe that's the person who you entrust to be that second in command.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember we had this walk-in closet and my mom would hide things in there and she would have me come into the closet and be like, there's $500 hidden in this hat. And then she would show me like where the social security numbers were buried in the closet and stuff. So I could see like a family member helping out. But again, it's that person that you trust to take care of your clients. And your passcodes and all of that. So passcode seems like that's got to be one of the big things. Yeah,
1: it's a really big thing. And password management is really, people have diverse ways of handling them. So there is no one size fits all with that. So it's very important that whatever the individual system is for their home and for their business, that someone understands how to access them and how it is assembled. It's also very important that someone has access to your phone for two-factor authentication. So that is something that really can be a gap For a lot of people to be able to unlock your phone. And then I've also seen that it's important for people to have access to your cloud. If something happens to someone and they don't have the password to your cloud, they may not be able to access your photos and all of that kind of like personal and important information.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. There's so many things. Now, what about credit cards and banks? Should you be thinking about if this person is your second in command for this, do they have to be signed on as something on your utility bills and your credit cards? And how do you go about that?
1: Yes. So that's all part of the contingency plan evaluation process. That's all included in the process that we go through. So when we look at bank accounts, first, we want to make sure that they are registered in the names of the people who need to have access to them. For example, when I opened my business account, I did not put my husband on the account. And then I'm like doing the contingency plan. I'm like, what was I thinking, right? He needs to be able to access that in my absence. So that's one thing to think about. The other thing is that having these people, the important people set up as power of attorney, that gives them access to the account. You also want to consider, is there added liability to adding, say, for example, your adult child your bank accounts, right? You might want them to have easier access, but if they are sued, then your assets could come under because they are legal owners of your assets. So it's important to really consider all angles of what that means. But yeah, they have to have legal access to your accounts in order to be able to act on your behalf.
0: How does a will come into play with this contingency plan? Do you work with a lawyer to make sure that things are in line with the will? How does that work? Yeah. So I would have to
1: say that the majority of my clients do not have a will in place when I begin working with them. And I would say that they range from 35 to 65 years old. They could be like early earners to multimillionaires, and they don't have a will in place and a family and everything. And it's just something that people put on the back burner. Two thirds of American adults do not have their estate planning documents in place. The legal documents are the foundation of your contingency plan. Some clients have an aversion to an attorney. I have an extensive network of attorneys across the United States. And so I usually do some research and try and identify someone who is a good personality match for my client to work with and then get them set up with completing their estate planning documents to make sure that they're in place. And creating the contingency plan takes about four weeks. Usually in that time, if they're working with the attorney simultaneously, they'll have all of their estate planning documents in place as well by the end of the four weeks.
0: Oh, wow. It's a pretty fast process. I didn't realize it would go that fast. When you were talking about that, I was thinking about Prince because Prince didn't have any of this stuff in place. And here he was a famous person that could obviously afford a lawyer to do this. We don't all have money like Prince does, but even if we don't really have that much money in our business we should really be thinking about this and i guess maybe people just have an aversion to it because they think oh if i die i don't even want to think about it or what what are some of the barriers that you think people have in not putting together a contingency plan
1: there are a few barriers that come to mind one is they think that they don't have enough assets to necessitate it two is that they think that if they plan for it, then something bad will happen, that it will manifest that to happen.
0: You had mentioned a fire safe. Where do people keep these documents as far as passcodes? God, with passcodes, they have to change quite often. Where do people keep all of these documents for the contingency plan? I create binders
1: for people and ship them to them. And then we work virtually to create this. Now, some people use online password managers, which is a great resource. You just have to make sure that you have added in your backup into the system so that they will have access. They'll be notified if something happens, all of that. Some people are not into using an online password manager. And so I create a password book for them to use. And then I recommend that they buy a fireproof safe if they don't already have one at their home or at their business, and then store the documents, the binders in the safe.
0: Oh, okay. So it would be physically in your house, not like at a bank. Yes. The problem with the bank... Now,
1: some people had been talking about that prior to COVID. Potential clients were asking me about that. And I was like, yeah, that could work. The binder is pretty large. So I don't know that there are safe deposit boxes that would accommodate the size of the binder. But then during COVID, the banks closed and we didn't have access to get into the bank. So then I thought it really makes more sense to have something on site at your home or your business.
0: And then the person that is involved in your contingency plan, would they also have a copy of this binder or would they need to go into the safe to get the binder? How does, how does that work?
1: Yeah, they would need to go into the safe to get to the binder. Now, for some clients, I have made a smaller version of the contingency plan for their second in command to have at their residence, but it won't be quite as updated as the one that the owner has.
0: When someone's thinking about who they're gonna bring on for this contingency plan, do you recommend that they are somebody that lives nearby, or does it with the whole world being virtual, does that matter? Or I guess it depends on where the binder is, but how does that work?
1: Yeah, I, it doesn't necessarily need to be someone who's nearby. Now, I have some individuals who their children live across the country, but I think the expectation is that their second in command would fly in and be on site when the time necessitates them being involved.
0: When people are thinking about their particular state, are there things that they have to be concerned about legal things as far as contingency plans? Are there like differences between states and all that kind of stuff?
1: What's really important from the state level is when clients want to use online legal documents, attorneys will tell you that they have experienced Times where people have used the online documents, and because of the language in the document that was used, it may prevent someone from out of state from acting on that power of attorney. Although I understand the desire for the ease of use to use an online document and to cut the middleman, that would be a word of caution that I would put out there about using online documents. You may be missing some critical language that could empower someone from across straight lines to act on your behalf.
0: Wow, that's really good to know. This has been so informative. What are some other key things that you think that people need to know about a contingency plan as far as putting in place, who they should have, what information should be in there? Is there anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, I think... One of the key pieces is that it's
1: essential that we create our contingency plan when we don't need it. So, we need to create our plan when everything is going fine, when we have the time to think through and to go through the process. Like I said, it takes four weeks, 12 hour commitment for clients to create each plan. Four weeks for their personal, four weeks for their business, and then two to four weeks for the business continuance playbook. And it's really important to do it when there's no urgency, because when there is a need for us to have a plan, then there's really no time and there's no mental bandwidth for people to be able to focus in and to create something meaningful.
0: Now, how can people work with you exactly? Should they contact you through your website or how can people find you? Yeah, sure. So,
1: my website is nichepartnershipconsulting.net. And I do have a free contingency plan kit on my website. So, if you go to nichepartnershipconsulting.net slash kit, You can download the free contingency plan kit and it will get you started. And even if you want to have the conversation with someone else in your family or your world who you think needs to have a contingency plan, it gives you the tools to really start talking to them about that. I'm also active on LinkedIn. So anyone who wants to connect with me there is welcome to.
0: And you have really fun videos on LinkedIn So tell me about these pom poms that you have that uh, they've shown up in some of your videos. What's up with the pom poms? Were you a cheerleader? No, I was not a cheerleader.
1: (laughs) I was not. But when I am speaking at an important event, that's when I pull out the pom-poms for my LinkedIn video to try and get some viewership and some attention on the video because we have so much to focus in on when we go to LinkedIn.
0: It gets my attention every time as I see (laughs) these little pom-poms fluttering around. We'll have information for all of your kits and everything in the show notes. And you mentioned that you're on LinkedIn. Are you on Instagram or where else do you hang out that people can find you? Yeah, I am on Instagram. Instagram and on Facebook as well. (laughs) Cool. If people wanted to hire you to do public speaking, do you speak mainly about contingency plans or do you have other topics? Yeah. So
1: I do speak mainly about contingency plans, but this year I also created a TED style talk that is based on my personal life and it's about struggle to strength. So it's about how experiencing struggle creates strength that shows up in the workplace.
0: Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Well, Mary Beth, this has been so great and informative. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Heather. I love your show.